0: Welcome to Launch Into Teaching with me, Julia Paget. This is a podcast for new or early career teachers who want to become the next generation of outstanding practitioners and teaching colleagues. This season is dedicated to teacher recruitment, and I have spoken with some outstanding school leaders that have offered up their insights into how to secure a job. All of their ideas are very different, so it's well worth listening to all of the episodes, even if you're not sure that you'll apply for a job in that particular sector. Today, I am joined by Tammy Jo Richter. Currently, she is the principal of Doherty's Creek Prep 9 College. Her educational philosophy is that it takes a village to raise a child through authentic relationships by encouraging curiosity and social justice within an inquiry pedagogy. She's committed to the education of children in the west of Melbourne and is also the principal network chair of Wyndham, where she advocates for the needs of all schools in this area. Tammy Jo has worked in both the independent and state school systems, as well as lecturing at university. It's my pleasure to introduce Tammy Jo for today's chat. Hi, Julia. Thank you. Tammy Jo, tell us a little bit about the school that you're at at the moment, because I understand it's only recently uh, opened. Um, I'm at Doherty's Creek
1: Prep to Nine College, which is a um, Department of Education school in Truganina. It's been open since 2019. So it was open for 2019 with 250 students and then had two years of COVID um, and then came back and we've been open again now for two years. So the school is now at about 1,500 students. So it's growing very rapidly. And now we've got prep to eights and um, next year will be our first year year nines.
0: Wow, that's a tremendous amount of growth from 2019 to now. Yeah always exciting. And probably a lot of recruitment as well, which is timely because this whole um, episode today is about teacher recruitment. Yeah, we usually get probably about 30 new teachers a year. Wow, that's a lot of new staff every year to onboard. So let's start um, right back at the beginning. So for people that are completely new to um, they're finishing up at uni, they're not too sure. Um, where do I find jobs advertised for state schools? Um, you're going to find them on the department
1: website, which is called Recruitment Online. Um, in the current climate, though, um, there are other avenues like SEEK. Um, school websites are putting things up, Facebook, and other social media. You'll actually see um, things along a variety of things. Usually, um, not in this climate, it would just be through Recruitment Online. And even if you apply, if you see things on SEEK, you'll often still have to go through the recruitment online process um, to apply and find the selection criteria.
0: Mm. So let's have a chat about the selection criteria because I know that sometimes that can be quite daunting, especially for a graduate or an early career teacher who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience to draw on. So I know the selection criteria can be very vast, but tell us how you would recommend someone tackles answering and responding to the selection criteria. I think it's really
1: important that um, you read uh, the selection criteria, because I'll often say things like um, demonstrated understanding of or demonstrated experience of. So um, it's really important, I think, not to have a list of things that um, you do or a list of things that you believe. So you might have a small paragraph um, about your philosophy or about what you think about something, but then having a real life example after that is far more important and compelling for the people who read them. In the state so, system, we have to read all the applications that come in and rate them before we shortlist them. And It's quite big, um, big applications. So the more compelling and personal you can make it, the better it is for the reader who's going to be reading it and probably a better chance that you'll stay in their mind too.
0: Good advice. You must be, yeah, I can only imagine that must be a really time-consuming process, I mean, a worthwhile process because you do get to get that sense of what the applicants could bring to your school. But, yes, it would be one that would take quite some time. Yeah,
1: and difficult, I think, for graduates because they often feel like they don't have anything to talk about yet. So So yes. um, really important to think about their last teaching round and how they can um, talk about uh, perhaps perhaps Uh, processes they saw in a school or lessons that they did, um, conversations that they had, resources they used. That would be uh, my biggest bit of advice is during that last round to collect as much as you can because then that's something really helpful and useful to use when you're putting together your selection criteria in your CV.
0: Yeah, I think that's always, I think being able to point to evidence through, as you say, that lived experience, even if it is a placement or um, that's really beneficial for everyone to be able to draw on. What do you think is um, another really key consideration Um for people to consider when they're looking for schools. So obviously people often look locally, so they look at schools within a, you know, 15-kilometre radius, something they don't have to commute to. But what else do you think people should be looking for when they're applying for schools?
1: I think it's really important um, not to throw your hat in the ring for everything. I think you need to um, look at a school and see whether their values and their mission, their mission aligns with yours. Um have a look at their clientele and the demographic. Uh, thinking about how the VGSA, um, which is, um, I suppose, our working conditions, is implemented in a school. So what that looks like in terms of hours and structure, support given to graduates, their pedagogy, um, the out-of-hours expectations, how time in lieu is given. I'd recommend a walkthrough um, and i uh, I think you get a better feel of a school if you have a walked through and a discussion with somebody, that often gives you a fairly good idea too. And I would also think about um, is working close to home something that you want to do? Do you want to run into your children, your parents at the local supermarket, um, at the local hotel, uh, down the street? Some people really enjoy that. Some people don't. So it's an important consideration if you're thinking of applying for jobs um, around near your home.
0: It's so true and also compounded when you start to have children as well. So if, you, you know, you're at a stage where you start becoming a parent yourself and then they've, you potentially are sending your own children to the same school, that certainly opens up a whole new can of worms, which uh, we have both dealt with. <laughs> That's exactly
1: right. And I think um, the vision and the pedagogy is really important too because if you're in a school where um, you're opposed to things going on, it's really hard to implement them and to be enthusiastic about them. And you want to be able to go to a place where, um, I suppose, you're excited, you're enthusiastic, you're inspired by. Um, otherwise, it's you know, it can be a very long year, particularly your first year. Um, it's a it's a challenging year for everyone as it is. So, really finding a school that suits you is very important.
0: Yeah that's great advice. And let's talk about the application process. So we we touched on the selection criteria um and you've explained again I completely agree with you a, a concise compelling cover letter can just make all the difference when you're going through quite literally you know tens of application letters. Can I ask you about portfolios? What are your thoughts on portfolios? Sometimes people bring them in to interviews um and not always so it can be hard from our perspective when you're doing the interviewing you're never quite sure at what point perhaps you can bring it into the interview maybe talk through what your what you see the value is or perhaps you know things maybe to avoid doing if they are going to bring in a portfolio um
1: i think you've got to use your portfolio in a really clever way um it's got to be something where you're using things in your portfolio to um I suppose further explains something um, from your questions or really fits with an example. Uh, you know, might, might be showing an example that fits with one of your questions. To show a portfolio without authenticity and without meaning, just to, you know, showing pages um, is something that uh, I don't think does people any favours. Um, but if you are putting together your portfolio and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to put a sequence of lessons in there, I'm going to, um, Talk about um, how I worked in a PLC um, in a school. Things that you know um, are probably going to be something that you're asked. You know, here's a piece of data. This is what I did. These were the results that came from that. Um, they're things that you can use as specific examples. But be very clear um, about what, you know, what they are. Make sure you've marked them in your portfolio so you're not fussing around um. In an interview, because often the interviews can be, if people are interviewing a number of people, they can be quite fast paced, and you don't want to waste the time with um, having to look at that. And often people get flustered then if they can't mm. find um, the page they're talking about, and that can sometimes just put people off their whole interview.
0: Tell me, what are your top three tips for beginning teachers and early career teachers going into an interview? What would you say are your top three things that everyone should be aware of and you know try and do, perhaps? Okay. I'm just thinking because there's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I know I've made everyone I've made everyone do three, <laughs> which is not good, but um yeah. especially for us as, as leaders. <laughs> um I think breaking up the question,
1: ensuring you're answering all of it, you know, if they're asking for impact, make sure you talk about the impact, not just what you did. Mm-hmm. Um find a lens um to frame your answers so you Stay focused and specific and don't kind of ramble. So it might be that you're looking through the lens of, well, how would that, how would I do that with students, staff, parents, or community? Or it might be, um, how would that look with human resources, physical resources, and financial resources? Or it might be, this is what I did, um, this is how it went, this is what I do differently, and this is the impact. I think it's really um, important to have some frameworks that you use. Uh, so you can stay on track and make sure that you've answered all of the question. Yep. Um, and yeah, and I think just using examples. Um, I think it's better to use um, an example that you feel really comfortable talking about. So that's why often something from your last round is really good. Um, and but be thinking about those things before you go in for an interview. So yep. have a chat to somebody about what you kind kind of questions you think would be asked in an interview. And then do a little bit of preparation beforehand. Um, Some people come in with their portfolio. Some people come in with a book with um, things they've brainstormed um, and stuff in it. But, again, if you have little markers beside it, because I don't think anyone minds an interview if you're using your notes. I certainly don't. Um, But you need to be able to
0: find them and you need to be
1: able to know what you're looking for.
0: I think you've just touched on a really good point there, TJ, is... The fullness and completeness of answers, because often that can be the difference, not because you haven't interviewed well, but because you haven't been able to give that big picture of your knowledge and experience. And and you've really only got such a short time in that interview to convey that full picture to the people that are sitting across the table from you. Um, That's often something that is hard to do in an interview because you're quite nervous and you feel like maybe you're answering the question well. So I liked your advice there about maybe doing a bit of rehearsal before the interview as well. I think another
1: thing to do is, um, and I do it when I'm running interviews, because I see an interview not as a test. I want to get the best out of the applicant because I know not everyone interviews well. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not a good teacher. So um, I will always give them a glass of water and at different points prompt them just to have a drink because when they have a drink, they're often got an opportunity to stop and think and order their thoughts. And I'll also talk to them about the at the beginning of an interview saying, please, you know, when um, if you do lose your train of thought, you might just take a sip, take your time. And get yourself reorientated again. So I don't. I think it's important that people don't panic, um, and because we, we we've all seen it before, and we all yes. know what it's like to be on the other end on the other end. So mm, yes. um, just little, um, yeah, using your notes and drinks, just little tips like that can um can just help you and give you a little bit of time in your head to get yourself ordered.
0: Yeah, it's a great idea. And asking people to repeat the question. I think people sometimes go, you know, you, they hear mm. part of the question and they don't hear the full version. And so it's nothing wrong with asking, you know, in an interview, can you please repeat repeat the question, even if you need to hear it twice. it's Sometimes we load the questions and, as you say, we may in our minds have a particular um focus for what we're wanting to elicit from that question. So there's nothing wrong with asking for it to be repeated um, just so you understand, yeah, and that also buys you that little bit extra time, as you say, to kind of start formulating that question and the answer in your head.
1: In state schools, Julia, um, people are given the questions 15 minutes before. So they've actually got time in the room to read the the questions, to write down notes, Um, and the idea is that they come in then with their notes and they'll have an idea about what they need to talk about then sometimes people will at the end ask them to step out give them a bit of time to have a look at their notes and see if there's anything they've forgotten and give the panel an opportunity to ask and then they might come back in not all people do that but you know there are different ways that that people um run interviews in the state system. but they are always um usually given a bit of time with the questions first
0: Ah, that's, a, that's fantastic. I completely, you can tell I've never interviewed in the state system before, but that's a fantastic way of doing it and giving people time to actually prepare. I like that a lot. It
1: was a big change for me moving from the independent system into the state system. One was the length of selection criteria and how in-depth they were um, and then how the interview process ran. Mm, Quite different fa- than independent schools.
0: Fascinating. And um, I'm really also keen to know your thoughts on, what applicants should look for in terms of the schools they select. Now, you touched on a little bit before and talked about, you know, values alignment. Um, looking at um, pedagogical alignment, which I think is crucial as well. If a school's taking on something like the science of reading, then, you know, if if that's not your thing, um, then you know, that's obviously going to be a bit of a uh, a bit of an interesting year for you. But is there anything that you see within, say, for example, the job description that maybe also people should look out for? Um to maybe give them some, you know, clues to cue into, is this the right, you know, job for me? I think there's anything from the facilities, you know, um, for people to
1: have a look at, you know, things like this. Is Does this school look like to have the, the kinds of things um, that I'm after? But also looking at things like um, are there open plan learning spaces? Is that something that you feel comfortable working in or is that not? Um, I think uh, often they'll talk about... Um, you know, some programs that they may have. So if you make a connection with some of those programs or you know something about that, that's always good one. It lets people know that you've actually probably looked at the job description and then possibly looked at a website. Um, but you do want to make connections with particular things. Um, I'm just trying to think else in the job description. Just really make sure that um, it looks at, you look at the duties and is it a job that's all particularly like one classroom teacher or is it a position that's split across a couple of roles? Because that will be important as well. I've had people come in before who haven't noticed that um in a job just you know job description. Um and then that kind of you know puts them off a little bit in the interview when you remind them that that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine that spend that would the be time something. reading everything, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just having, as you say, the uh, that homework, that time spent doing some homework on mm-hmm. what is the school about, um, those sorts of things. I mean, most schools now have very active social media as well, so it's quite clear the types of learning that takes place in schools now with lots of photos um, going up as well as, you know, traditional information you can find on school websites. Well, that has been very insightful, mm-hmm. I have to admit. Yeah. I didn't know about some of those um I certainly didn't know about the interview process, so that's really helpful to for people, I'm sure, as well, especially if they're mm. interviewing in, in a setting like this for the first time. I think being authentic and meaningful
1: too, like don't throw around acronyms or jargon too much. Um, it's It's got to be um, an authentic interview, I think. So if you've done a little bit of research, you can use that. Um, don't drop people's names if you know them on the panel or uh, things like that. I think my school in particular, we really spend a lot of time recruiting for character and our questions are framed to help us find out about you. So it's really important that you be yourself because, again, you, you don't want to, um, to make sure that, you know, you've, you've been somebody else and then that's, where you, that's who they think they're getting and then that's not. You know, that becomes a conflict often for people. And it's not just about them interviewing you either. It's an opportunity for you to interview them. You know, you yes. can say no to positions if you are offered something and you go, you know what, that school's probably not for me. You know, I didn't get a nice feel from the panel or I didn't like yes. the questions they asked or I was unaware that they did this. Um, you know, it's it's an opportunity for both parties to to get to know each other a bit better.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think when you are at a school, whether it's, you know, your very, very first position or whether or not you've, you know, maybe taught at a few schools, it's, it's yeah, as you say, the interview is as much about finding out about the school um, as it is about the, the school finding out about you. So being honest and, um, you know, going into that interview with integrity and the right mindset is going to lead to a much better outcome for everyone, including our students, which is why we're all here. So thank you so much for joining me, um, Tammy Jo. That was really fascinating um, to speak from a, a state school perspective. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome Julia. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. One thing I really liked about today's episode was Tammy Joe's straightforward advice. things like don't name drop, don't talk too much teacher jargon, just really be authentic. I really liked her advice about thoroughly reading the job description. I know sometimes this can be overlooked, but I think some of the areas that she raised, such as being aware if you're going to be teaching in an open plan classroom, the sorts of facilities you'll have access to, Really being conscious of the programs that the school run, duties and expectations just means when you're going for that interview, if you make it to that stage, you're really informed about what the school offers and making sure, most importantly, that that is going to be the right school for you. If you found this episode helpful, make sure you tell people and make sure you hit subscribe at Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. So you're the first to know when all my other episodes drop. The show notes can be found on my website, launchintoteaching.com.au. There you'll also find a link to all my socials. So please connect. I'd love to hear from you. And if there's anything else you'd like me to cover, do let me know.